BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. Hi. Hello. Who is this? Uh, this is Pomegranate. How can I get you today? Well, I wanted to call in, talk about my experience of being an Uber driver. Oh, okay. How's that experience treating you? Um, it's a mixed bag. Okay. Tell us, tell us more. Uh, do you want to know the good part of the bag or the bad part i like to start with the bad so that we can end with the good uh okay um well uber doesn't seem to care very much about its drivers Mm. and seems to prioritize the riders uh which is like understandable because obviously rider safety is very important but like Often we get the short end of the stick. Like mm-hmm. with pay, we usually make about like half of what the riders pay. Sometimes less. If we're lucky, maybe more. Mm-hmm. Um, which means the riders end up paying like way out of ass. And we don't really get it. And then, so like when, you, when you're already paying like when it's busy 40 bucks for a ride. You're not inclined to tip, uh, which I, I like, I get it. You know, you're paying a lot of money, but it just sucks on my end because I end up making like 15, 17 bucks out of that, you know? Right. And is that counting your gas too? Oh, yeah. Uh, there actually was a fuel surcharge for when like the fuel prices got all crazy and stuff, but they just removed that now. Uh, But I I would honestly bet money that the riders are still paying that extra like fuel surcharge. Mm. But it's just like not telling them anymore. But we're Mm. definitely not getting it. Um, and now, so 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 if I get a ride for forty bucks, you make about twenty or or fifteen even. Yeah, fifteen to twenty, depending. There's like things like surges if it's busy. Uh, and if like the customer tips, I'll probably make a little more, but that, that seems pretty accurate. Uh, is there a difference between Uber and Lyft with this kind of, uh, thing? Uh, it kind of depends on market. I think Uber pays a little less because, or not Uber, Lyft pays a little less because it tends to be a little cheaper, at least where I'm at, but I don't do Lyft, so I'm not, not too positive. Um, what are some of the other cons? Um, 
I spend a lot of time thinking, um, which sometimes can be good and sometimes can be bad. Yeah. Uh, Uber driving led to arguably the worst thing that's happened to me, which kind of sucks, but it's not really like, I guess, Uber driving's fault. It just is okay. connected in my brain now, so I resent it a little bit for it. Um. You don't have to tell us what it is, but if you want to, you can. Sure. Um, so I was last year engaged and I was Uber driving around and I don't really eat the healthiest. So I started to get, you know, the, the stomach rumbles and I was like, you know, I am going to go home and use the bathroom, go home a little early. I came home and my fiance was in the bedroom uh, and she like quickly got off her phone when I came in and I could immediately tell like, because you know, obviously she's my fiance. I kind of know her face expressions pretty well. She was very like off guard and nervous. And I was like, hey, what's, uh, what's up with that? She tried to like, you know, play it off and I kind of continued to press on, you know, because so, I knew something was up and I was worried I like caught her cheating on me or something, you know, but as it turned out, she was actually um, on the phone with her sister uh, talking about like uh, basically a plan of like moving out because her sister lives a few hours away. Um, so it would have had to have been like planned ahead of time and whatever, but. So I was basically sidewinded by that, which kind of sucked. And then after we ended up separating, Uber driving was like the only thing I could do for money because it was like my primary source of income. But like driving around in my car after we had like spent a lot of time, you know, together in it, like I pretty much drove everywhere with her. It would just be like the whole time. That's all I could think about, you know? Hmm. So when you said that Uber led to the worst thing that ever happened to you, do you, in, in, in what way do you see Uber's involvement in this? Uh, I think it was the amount of time that I was kind of starting to have to spend doing it, like being out of the house because normally mm -hmm. like I would work when she would be at work, but it kind of switched over when I did Uber. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I think that empty space just kind of like, cause we, we definitely had issues and I like don't falter at all for mm -hmm. like ending things, you know, like there's no yeah. really fault there. Like I can understand it. I, I would be remiss to say there's not, like, I guess a little bit of disappointment there and just, like, being engaged at all, you know? It's just, like, a very big commitment. And so you feel like, like you feel like a lot of the, the issues that caused her to want to leave are rooted in the fact that you were always out of the house and couldn't spend enough time there? No. 
Absolutely not. Uber Uber is just catching the strays of my emotional turmoil. And as a, as a way of coping, I just like kind of resent it. And also just the amount of time that I spent driving in it. And I just mm-hmm. like sit and think about things. You know, it, it is a bit of like a personalized torture chamber. Dark. I know. I didn't mean to get all dreary and depressing with it. I, I bet if be you, to- I bet if you told this story to the people who were riding with you, you'd get more tips. I, <laughs> I've thought about it before, but I, I am always afraid that I would like cry and then make things really uncomfortable. Yeah, you might you know? get it. Listen, if you drop some tears during this story, you might get an even fatter tip. Honestly. I, I, that is that is very very true. But listen, man, you got your emotional turmoil. At the very least, use it for financial gain somehow if you have the ability to. Hey, that's kind of been my my goal most of my life is just take advantage <laughs> of all this bad stuff and yeah. find a way to financially benefit from it. Yeah. Um. Okay. So. So you felt as though your car was like this prison that reminded you of your relationship failing? Oh, yeah. Like, there was a, a sticker on it, like a uh, pricing sticker from the store she worked at when we first started, like, hanging out. And she, like, slapped it on there when she got in my car. Yeah. And I, like, tried to take it off when we first broke up. And then I was, like, unable to finish it. So it was just, like, halfway on there. Mm-hmm. The good news um, is I have a new car now, so I'm at least no longer in that car. That's what I was going to ask, is if you got a new car. How much of your decision to get a new car was based off of the fact that your old one reminded you of your ex? Uh, Honestly, not a whole lot. I had to anyways, because it was like on its way out. Uh, coincidentally, at the worst time, like her and I were talking about getting a new car and like we went to a few dealerships and everything when it happened. And then I think two weeks after she left, it like broke down completely. Mm-hmm. And then I, it got towed by the cops, even though it was parked in someone's yard with their permission. And then I had to sign it over to the like tow people that impounded it. Uh, Cause I didn't have the 300 some dollars to get it out. And then I found out through the people I got my car from that they would have paid for it to get out because they were thinking me like $1,600 for that car. Oh, really? But I had already signed it over. And I was just like, So you're just Ooh. getting fucked after fucked after fucked. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Okay. So listen, pomegranate, tell me you got a new car. You're on on the road. You kind of came into this and you told the call screener. You didn't even mention anything negative, actually, when you talked to the call screener, apparently. It says that you wanted to discuss, like, a lot of the positive things. So now that we've covered the emotional turmoil, I want to hear the positive. What sorts of things have you gained from this experience? Yeah, I'll give you the positive, but I will be honest about that. I did come in here with the full intention of being positive. But then I smoked a little weed before I got on here and I like started spiraling a little bit. And I was like, okay, well, it's not all positive. I can't just lie about it. 
Well, I was going to say, I, I, I don't really care either way. I just wanted the truth of the experience, and I'm glad that you came here with that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the positive, basically, it's just been nice to get to meet a bunch of people and remember how much that, like, A, people can be very similar. Like, I feel like I meet a lot of copies of the same exact, like, archetypes. And then you get, like massive massive out of field like random people that are just extremely unique and i feel like i get these interactions that i would never get otherwise you know yeah um all right well i i have that's a deep thing that you're talking about and it's something that i have feel like i've gotten a lot of experience in as well you know doing this gecko thing um tell me from your perspective you say that a lot of people are kind of copies of each other. What what sorts of through lines or similarities or archetypes have you noticed are are consistent in your observations? Um, what are some consistent archetypes? Um, I do a lot of driving in a college town, and all of the fashion students are very very similar. In the way that they get in the car, uh, specifically where they stare at for the majority of the ride, and how they just generally like don't talk and avoid talking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess that would be one example. Um, a lot of like older white businessmen behave very similarly. I had, I think, a week ago. I was in a more expensive area and I picked these three guys up from this restaurant and I was driving them like 40 some minutes back to their hotel. And they were just talking about this like whole world of business that I have zero concept of. Just all these numbers and this guy's a dumbass if he makes this call and they're going to kill you for that. Like how they were like dissect. They're having a meeting at this restaurant. How they were like dissecting everyone's reactions to everyone, like everything everyone was saying. Yeah. They're like you know, did you see how he laughed when you talked about those stats and what it was capable of and yada yada and all this just big scary big number stuff and like millions and millions of dollars. And I was just staring forward the whole time and I got called ma'am like seven times by the guy in the back seat, which. Like it doesn't bother me, you know. I get it. I have very long hair. It happens often. The part that bothers me is when they realize that I'm like not, and then they're like really weirdly apologetic about it, and it just <laughs> it makes it a thing. How do you make like like what it, what is the difference between apologetic and weirdly apologetic in that scenario? They like they act like they just shot my kid in front of me, like by insinuating that I was a woman. It was like the greatest offense. Like they just called me a slur, basically. You know. Sure. Um. I I don't really get it either, but now it happens infrequently. Did the businessmen tip you? I think like three bucks. It was right. not a lot. Um. Now you said something about like. A lot of archetypes, but then a lot of left field stuff, a lot of wild sort of sort of characters and 
uh, non, you know, things that you wouldn't expect. Tell me, tell me one of those. Um, I want to say like a month ago, I got a like complete car full of Canadians that had flew all the way down for a random concert at like a country dive bar because they had apparently like seen the musician before and like they got in and it was like i don't know if they were trying to just do like the canadian character or that's just like how they were but that was a very very fun experience they were incredibly nice and they asked for my number so i could pick them up like after the uh, show was done and i did and they were just like completely hammered and they were incredibly kind, and they made, like, tons of funny jokes. And I don't know, I was just, like, never expected to really be in that situation, you know? So, wait a minute. They gave you their number to basically pay you for a ride outside of Uber? Yeah. I have the guy's number on my phone still. Yeah, oh, and I bet you made a lot more money off of that than you would have if you took it through Uber. Oh, for sure. They, like... <laughs> <laughs> they promised that they were going to tip like a ton of money. And then I watched them struggle for like two straight minutes, just going through the dollar bills. Like, I don't know if it's just because the currency was different or whatever, but he ended up handing me like 11 ones. And he said it was like $50. And I couldn't tell if he was just too drunk to notice or if he's joking. And I didn't care. I just had a great time and I was just happy to like, you know, get him back there. So I'm pretty that, sure Canadian money is money. worth less than American money, so that's actually not even eleven dollars. Oh yeah, I just, doesn't it just like look different though? Do they use bigger numbers, different numbers? But the thing is, I feel like the the intention was there, the kind intention. Oh, was for there. sure, yeah. Um, so it sounds like you you have a mixed relationship with life, man. I mean, you're in this position where you are encountering all these different people and every day is is an anthology of humanity for you across across its wide spectrum of positivity and negativity. Um, where does your mind stand these days on average, you know? Are you feeling good about things? Are you feeling good about life, about people? Um... No, no, I feel pretty poorly about everything. To be fully transparent. How high are you? Uh, I I was kind of high when it started, but I can kind of feel myself sobering down. Mm. And you feel like when you're uh, more sober is when you are feeling better or worse? Oh, worse. Absolutely worse. Okay. So, hmm. Okay, tell me this then. If you're not feeling good about things, do you think there is anything at all that would make you feel better about things? Um, I'm not sure. I'm kind of figuring that out right now. I feel like my life entering the new year, because, you know, we 
assign meaning to dates and time and whatnot. I feel like I'm entering a new reset phase, you know? Yeah. Just this new period, and I'm not really sure what direction I want to go in. Mm. Very aimless and uh, grasping for meaning, I think, is a good good way to put it. Mm. Does anything currently give you meaning? Um, I have a cat. He's, he's reliant on me. He's a little mischievous man, but he's very sweet, and he's my son. Mm-hmm. Um, I have, like, my roommates. They're very, very close friend of mine, uh, friends of mine. It's good to have them here. Uh, made it easier, like, not being entirely alone, which is nice. Uh, outside of that... Not too much. Got to pay off my car loan. I don't know if that's really meaning, but it's a a fake purpose. That's a good reason to get out of bed in the morning. It's some. Yeah. I mean, it's somewhat working. Um, I want to say this because you obviously came into this um, like you were saying on a negative point but at the very beginning you were like alright there's the pros and there's the cons there's the yin and the yang and you clearly have this ability to recognize and appreciate humanity when you see it do you agree with that? yeah are you able to do that often? Uh, I think to a fault sometimes. To a fault? How so to a fault? Uh, I think this is going to, there's no corny way. There's no non-corny way to say this, but I think I struggle a little bit too much with empathy. And like, if I see someone experiencing duress or pain, I tend to be like experience it pretty intensely myself. And it'll just kind of like send me on a spiral. Yeah. Like I, I spend um, I spend a lot of time looking at uh, like historical events and like current event stuff in the world. Yeah. And I it is a horrible cycle of being aware of how horrible everything can be and usually yeah. is. Oh, well, but yeah. then you're like too aware and it feels like impossible to express joy about everything because you just have like this weight in your chest of all the horrors around you, so to speak. Okay. I have a lot of thoughts about that. Um, but first, is is when you're kind of thinking about the things that are stressing you out and making you not feel good, is that a big one? Kind of. All right. My therapist tells me that I tend to focus too much on the big instead of the small. And okay, the yeah. small being like myself, and I instead like... Like, I'll go into therapy and I'll start talking about something related to me. But then it rants into a vent, not a vent, a rant about, you know, the police state or whatever I'm Uh going on at the time. Yeah, man. Um, Your therapist is very much on to something. Yeah. No, she's awesome. She's great. Good, 
Good. Your therapist is very much on to something. If you s- just spend every single day in... there, Here's the thing. There will always... There is a never-ending supply of horrible terrors to worry about in the world. Um, but the best you can... Look, if you're not going to go out and, like, be an activist or a scientist or something where you contribute in some small part to this larger problem, if you're not going to do that, the best you can do is take all of this big picture stuff and throw it out of your mind and focus as hard as you can on your own corner of the universe. I feel like this is what your therapist was was getting at. Like, you know, dude, your cat, your roommates, the people that you meet when you're doing your job. I mean, you're in this Uber... One of the things you were talking about is you're in this Uber all the time, connecting with people and interacting with other people. Like, you come across people every single day. Like, like narrow it down to your own life and go, what's the best I can do in my own life? And then all of a sudden, the this grand existential never-ending problem of the horrors of the universe it turns into something that's more tangible which is again how can i be the best i can be in my own personal life with the people i come inter- i interact with every day how can i make this uber drive the best for this rider by being nice to them or interacting with them positively how can i do good by my cat and and how can i and also by the way not to be so hard on yourself how can i do all of this the best I can do it within my own personal energy levels, right? Because sometimes you walk around and you're you're short and curt with people because you're just because your just energy is short because you are depressed or you got whatever you got going on. But focusing on how to do the best you can with your own sphere is always going to be a thousand times better of a strategy than reading the fucking news and worrying about how to save all the children in Yemen. Yeah, I mean, that is great advice, and I've I've received similar advice. It's just the putting it into practice that is the part that I get stuck on. Sure. Um, Like, I, and like, I unfortunately am very... Uh, activist involved. I don't know a better word to describe that right now. Uh-huh. And like a lot of my social circles uh, consistently revolve around those things. And like, uh-huh. it's a bit hard to escape because it's really one of the only facets of my life that are still like standing, you know? Can I, before um... this, like, go ahead. Go on. No, you, you go ahead and then I have a thing. Before this, a lot of my identity outside of that pretty much just, like, focused on my relationship. I I was, for lack of a better term, I was a bit of a life guy. Uh Uh-huh. And that also has led to a small identity crisis of trying to find any sort of other thing. But once again, I'm focusing on the, uh, you know, the, the dark, I suppose. Um, but so, proceed with what you were going to say. 
well, okay, so I mean, even that was a thing that you said just there. You were like, I was a wife guy, and now the thing, and this, it can be a relationship, it can be a f- fucking sport, it can be whatever it is. You, these things that you identify yourself with so strongly, fuck you, because then when they disappear and you realize you don't have a diversified portfolio upon which to build your identity, you just, you just get, you just get fucked, you know? So yeah, building that diversified life portfolio, I feel like is so crazy important. And um, I'll say this, man: if you if you could just do this one thing, like you ever try it for a day, you ever wake up and you you ever, you ever just be like, all right, today I'm not gonna go on Twitter, I'm not gonna read the news. I'm gonna try as possible as much as I possibly can today. If not even for a full day, if for a one interaction, you go, I'm gonna treat this person like they're the first person I've ever met in my life. I'm gonna treat this I'm gonna treat talking to this person and being present with this person like it's the most important like it's as important as saving all the children in Yemen. You know what I'm saying? You try that at least one time or at least one day. It's a place to start. Yeah, so just like like go out blind and Uber. I would I, I wouldn't like do anything any that involves uh, being blind and driving for Uber, but metaphorically blind. Metaphorically blind. That's a stupid blind. joke. Um yes. I would try to do whatever it is you can do to just put yourself in the moment, you know, because this happens. This shit happens to me all the time, man. I'm I'm on Twitter and fucking Reddit and thinking about every thinking about just everything except for where I am actually at, and it's a prime fucking uh, recipe for disaster and unhappiness. Well, every time. Oh, for sure. And again, I'm, I'm, I, I, I'll just say this last thing. I'm, I'm, I see hope for you in this. And obviously, I'm not you, so I don't know the, 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 the true depth of what you're dealing with. But I just want to say this to you: I see hope for you and your ability to be able to, to do this and to, you know, put the entire world away to focus on your own life and your own community and your own people that you interact with because you told all those stories of being in the Uber and these interesting people you meet and and you had a real gracious perceptive view of the humanity that you were going that you were encountering when you were doing that so I know that you have the ability to sink deeply into that if that makes sense. And so, yeah. And so I think that a future that involves more of you doing that and less of you, um, trying to solve the Israel Palestine crisis would be, uh, you know, a better thing. It's one of my go-tos, man. Listen, uh, pomegranate, some people in the chat have yes. been calling you Palm. I like that. Palm. palm I, I get uh, Palm and Palmy a lot. 
I like Palmy. I like those. I like all of those. Listen, Palm. Uh, do you have any final thoughts about it, the stuff that we've talked about, um, and then anything else you want to say to the people at the computer before we go? I do, but I have one quick question to ask you before I do that. Okay, sure. What is the story with the uh, hold music? I am going to immediately hang up on the next person that asked me that, but not you because we've gotten too far into it. Is there anything else that you want to say about all this stuff that we've been talking about or to the people at the computer before we go? Uh, Yes. Um, I think radical love is the key to the future. Um, And I think a lot of us spend time focused on punishment instead of uh, rehabilitation and building together forward. Sure. Um, And I think that's an important concept that people should focus on. And I think they should Mm -hmm. examine how they feel when people they care for and don't care for do wrong in the world and how to proceed forward with that. Anything about you? Um, I'm going to try and look at Twitter less. Beautiful. I'm going to support you in that goal. Thank you very much. All right, Pom. Take care. You too, Gek. I like that call a lot. I like that concept a lot, and I'm trying to be better at that. I I have all these fucking epiphanies, and then I lose them and go on Twitter. It happens all the time. I'm sure it's happened to you guys, too. You have this grand epiphany. You're like, just everything I just said to him, where I'm like, I can't be thinking about every problem going on in the world all the time. I can't be thinking about all the news. Here's what everyone else in the world is doing. Here's what the popular folks are doing. Here's what this guy that everybody hates said that is pissing everybody off now. Here's this thing. And it's just, it's everything except my life and what's in front of me. And it's gotta be the grand thing to ignore all of that. And focus intently on being with the people that I encounter in my life and being with the shit with my own life. And how can I best do do my best in that and not worry about any of the other shit, right? You have that grand psychedelic epiphany. And then what do you do? You're on fucking Twitter two days later because because if only it were as easy. That's that's the problem with all this stuff. If only it were as easy as you have the epiphany, and now the epiphany is integrated into your life. It rarely is. It's it's, it's you have to actually you have to like go to the mental gym and build your brain by having the epiphany, acting on it for a little bit, fucking up. Then you act on it a little bit longer. You fuck up again, and you just have to just keep trying. It's hard. It's harder than just you have the epiphany and it's in your life takes time to integrate it. That's what I'm working on. All right. Thanks for calling, Pom. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. 
Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey folks, this episode is sponsored by Prize Picks. Football season may be over, but the action on the basketball court is heating up. Whether it's tournament season or the fight for playoff home court, there's no shortage of high-stakes basketball moments this time of year. Get in on the excitement with Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app, where you can turn your hoops knowledge into serious cash. Personally, Prize Picks graciously set me up with an account for myself. I made some picks for the NBA, and I did make a little extra money, which I, of course, put safely away in a high interest savings account. Just kidding, I used it to buy candy. And you can get extra candy money too. Download the Prize Picks app today and use the code GECKO for a first deposit match of up to $100. That's the code GECKO for a first deposit match of up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Hello? Hello? How are you? Uh, I'm doing good. How are you? How can I get you today? Oh, um, hey, Lyle. Um, well, so I'm in the middle of remodeling my bathroom, and I only have one bathroom, so I've been finding myself, like, having to pee, but too lazy to go outside. Um, so I've just been going to my kitchen and just peeing in the sink. And, uh, like, it's way more convenient than I thought it would be, and I kind of like it. And I don't know if that's bad. It doesn't smell or anything, which is cool. Um, and I don't have, like, a lot of people over, so I'm not worried about that. But this, like, tonight I did it, and I was, like, I looked in the reflection in the window and I saw my face and I was like is this okay like I don't know Started you had a it. moment of self-reflection while you were peeing in the sink yeah like I don't know like I, I like I've done it like more than like 20 times now but this time I I looked up and I saw my face and I was just like whoa like is this okay i don't know if this is weird or like mm -hmm. you know like i don't know it's just kind of you saw yourself from afar and were able to observe your own actions in a way you hadn't before yeah yeah okay. so all right for, bring me back to this moment where you're staring at yourself and you're wondering if it's okay Tell me more about the thoughts going on in your head. Well, so I have to like get on my tippy toes um, to like, you know, make it over the sink. Um, so I, I'm usually 
worried about splashing, but I was I was making it in and when I looked I was just like you know, I'm older. Um I've you know I feel like I'm too old for that. I'm just like what what's what am I doing? Like I'm a disappointment. Like why am I peeing in the sink right now? Like <laughs> like my parents would be so ashamed. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um yeah. Uh, also, like right in front of my sink is a giant window, and I I don't li- like there's no houses behind me. It's just kind of like mesa, um, but there's an arroyo, and then there's houses past that. And like if somebody was just like for some reason like on a ladder looking over their wall, they they would see me, but it's very unlikely. But that does come across my mind time to time. Um, and that's embarrassing because I don't yeah. want some random person to, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. It's just like, why not just walk outside? Ugh. But you do realize that if you go outside and pee, then there's a better chance of people being able to see you than if you were just peeing in your sink. That's true. That's true. Yeah, I was worried about the smell, but it doesn't smell too bad, um, at least now. Um, like, I run water after I pee, and then I um, sometimes um, turn on the garbage disposal just to be mm-hmm. safe. But mm-hmm. um, I haven't had any problems so far. So, but, like, also it saves water, and that's, like, a good thing. I, I saw on the internet, um, like flushing uses so much water and I guess like with the sink, um, you know, you don't have to worry about that. That's a good point. So, but I don't know if I'm just justifying me peeing in the sink is the problem. You said you feel like a disappointment when you look at yourself in the reflection of the window peeing in the sink uh yeah why do you feel like a disappointment what do you feel like is inherently wrong with peeing in the sink well I just like I don't know I feel like a grown man shouldn't like you know whip his stuff out and pee in the sink um at least you that's you not alone? like what. Oh yeah. Do you own or rent? Um, rent. How much is your rent? Uh, twelve hundred. I think you've earned the right to pee in the sink. No. All right. That kind of makes me feel better hearing it from you. Um, thank you. Is calling for some kind of reassurance. You know. Um, okay, listen. I have, I haven't brought this up yet, but um, you said that you have a bathroom. Yeah. Why don't you just use the bathroom? Uh, uh, we're uh, remodeling the bathroom, so there's no toilet. 
So we kind of just, you know, it's gone. There's just a hole in the wall, uh, the ground. Um, I could try and pee in the hole. I never thought of doing that. I don't think that works. What but if you I remodeled your toilet to be a sink? Oh, shit. Um, ooh. Well, my guests would be really confused, but... Hmm. Well, I guess I could try and my... Well, that's gone, too. Um, what were you going to say? Uh, the kitchen sink, like where you wash your hands, but that's gone, too. Um, that's just pipes. But there is a hole in the ground. I guess I could pee in that, but I'm, I, I don't know how plumbing works, so I think I, I have no idea. Um, yeah, I think I think that if you were to uh, change your sink, your toilet to be a sink, then uh, the line between what is meant to be peed in and what is meant to have your hands washed with becomes blurred. Oh shit! And those lines were That's made by humans really anyway, cool. because these these inventions, the sink, the toilet, they're made by human beings. Okay, the natural world, people peeing outside, is far, far, far older than these technologies. And uh, these mm. technologies, uh, you know, they they only really have the the intended purposes that we give them. But at the end of the day, both the toilet and the sink are just holes. That lead to places. You know, it's subjective. Mm. So, if I were you, I would keep that in mind when you're making your decision. Um, but also, uh, don't do anything where strangers are seeing your dick. Oh, for sure. No way. I'll think about that. Is there anything else you want to say to the people at the computer before we go? Uh, love the podcast. Love you, Lyle. Um, get on, baby. Thanks, man. Take care. Bye. Every once in a while, when I am truly lazy, I will pee in the trash can. Oh, shit. Where does he poop? All right. I'm calling him back. Hello? Hey, man. Real quick. One question. Yeah. Where do you poop? outside for now if you're already pooping outside then what is this well you usually i have to pee like more frequently than i have to poop so i just like go into the sink it's fine sometimes i pee outside when i'm pooping but um you know like i pee like four times a day or five sometimes if I'm drinking okay thanks alright I'm glad we called him back across America BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing jobs like building grid scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas It's and, not or. 
See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello? Hello? Hi. Oh my gosh, is this Miles? Yeah, who is this? Hi, um, my name's Rachel. How are you doing, Rachel? I'm doing really good. I'm very, oh my gosh, I'm very flustered and excited. Um, I recently started listening to your podcast and watching your videos. Wow. <laughs> Hell yeah. I'm, that makes me you? very happy to hear, man. That's awesome. How are you doing? Um, I'm doing good. Uh, I haven't shut up talking about my live show tour thing. Uh, so I'm excited for yes, that. I'm going to be Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, I'm going to be, yeah, I, I thought to myself, cause it's like 50 fucking dates. I'm like, all right, well, Dude, if I do like this global, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, listen, man, I'm going to fucking Lisbon, Portugal. I don't know how many people fucking listen to me there, but if I go there and it's, me and three people, and we sit in a circle and do a seance. You know that'll be worth the, but, the plane ride. But you know what? Even if it is just three people, I bet you'll make the most out of it. That's what. I, that's how I feel. That's how I feel. I'm excited. Lisbon, Portugal. Come, come see Therapy Gecko live. Anyway, anyway. How are you, Rachel? What's going on? I'm good. Um, I'm just hanging out with my cat and. You know, talking to you, and oh my gosh! So, I, I'm I'm good. I'm good. I have work in the morning, but for right now, I, I'm good. I'm just chilling. It says here that you uh, claim that you are a sore loser, <laughs> and you need advice on being yeah. a good sport. <laughs> okay, well, so yeah, this is like a problem. This has been like a problem always. I, I, I'm just very defensive, I guess, and I, it's always been a thing with me, whether it be like gym class or just video games or even like shit, board games with my family. I'm just, I always want to win and I get so angry when I lose and it's not like I like lash out physically or anything, but like I, I like curse and like, you know, I shit talk and I just I I, I want to get over that because I want to I want to make more friends and like go out and do things I live in the city and I want to you know go play games like there's this cool game shop near me but I don't want to you know like be talking shit to people I just meet and want to be friends with um, okay. and I recognize it's a problem but I kind of can't stop <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into that. Well, let's get into it. Why? I mean, you say that you're very competitive to the point where you don't feel like you can physically restrain yourself 
from cussing oh, people no, no, out no, at your not... local board night, board game night? Well, I, I don't like physically assault people. I'm very skinny. I would not be able to. But I don't know. I just get really heated, like playing like online games or whatever. Like I, I just, I just get so riled up when I lose, man. Okay. I, well, I, I get, uh, like, what do you think that is? Like, what? Like, do you have any idea why you are like this? I mean, if I really get into it, I mean, most. So most of my competitiveness, I guess, comes from. Like me being a girl trying to prove myself, I guess. And I don't want to say that's always the case because I'm not, I'm not trying to like, you know, assume that people are like being misogynistic or, you know, but I feel like I kind of like have stuff to prove and I'm like good at things, you know, I want to like, mm. I'm really passionate about things and I, I want to, you know, I want to, it's not to say I'm always losing, but it just, you know, it kind of like hurts my ego, I guess. I don't, I don't know. I don't want to say I'm okay. an egomaniac or All right. anything. Well, well, <laughs> I'm you a little know, bit sure in that way, I guess. Okay. I well, I mean, look, there's nothing to be afraid of or, or, or you know, in discovering of, of kind of what you are and why you do the things you do. But let me, all right. So let me ask you this here. Um, you say you feel like you're trying to prove something. You feel like, uh, as a girl, you're trying to prove that you know, like you're like you're fighting up against something. Um, I mean, w- this competitive nature does it only come out when you are like doing things with like just guys? Like, do, like if you're playing a board game with a bunch of other girls, like does it does does the competitive? Nature oh, it's still come it's out? anybody. All like right. I don't want to say being a girl is the only reason. Like I'll just like I, even if I'm playing like my friends i'm just i'm very competitive and like my really good friends like know that about me and yeah. you know and like if i notice myself doing it i'll try and curb it in but it's always like there like so I let's just, talk about I, 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 yeah this this <laughs> you have something to prove thing what is that what are you what are you trying to prove oh man you really are a good therapist huh um <laughs> It's it's like this whole so uh, yeah, yeah. long story short, um, I was diagnosed with ADHD in like eighth grade, so I, it only like and I'm not saying like it's it's a bad thing because I've 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 gone to an actual therapist and I've you know seen it as like a positive thing. It's not a detriment to me or anything, but it's kind of always been like oh she has that. So, you know, I mean, I was kind of like, I was kind of raised to be like aware of that as a thing. And it's always been like just another thing holding me back. So I don't know, maybe like, I guess that like, it's like an additional thing I got to. And it's not like. This is, this is, uh, sorry to interrupt, but I I just want to talk for a second. Is this, um, this, it sounds like. And I'm doing armchair therapy here, but, you know, I'm going to just say something and you tell me if you think it's accurate. Um, Okay. You, uh, their competitiveness comes from, like, these constant, like, feeling as though you're railing against stuff, right? Like, like you want to prove that, you know, you as a a woman can do things. You want to prove that 
you know, your ADHD isn't holding you back. Just, you're like having there's these things that you're railing against and trying to prove that you're above and it's driving a lot of this competitive nature. Is that accurate at all? Yeah, that that really kind of summarizes it. Okay. And I guess just okay. like that com- like and then I'm like self-aware so then I'm also fighting myself and being like why are you, you know, why are you like this kind of, oh, you know? Yeah. And oh, I, yeah. like and then I'm aware of how I'm feeling and then I'm just fighting myself at that point. So it's just yeah. I'm yeah, just, I guess oh, I'm that's... just like constantly in a circle of bitterness with it. Oh, that's the I understand what you're saying completely because when you're self-aware about something, you get two hits. You're like you're yeah. like uh why do I you're cuz you're you're competitive overly almost in a way that you feel like you can't even control and then on top of that you're pissed off that you can't that you you're just pissed off at yourself for being like this so it hits you twice yeah and you know what's weird though like i've already gone through like i'm i'm an adult i'm in my i'm in my late 20s and just like I've I've gone through therapy for like the ADHD and blame and guilt and everything, um, so I'm I'm glad to say I'm removed from most of that guilt towards it and just like you know apologizing and blaming it and blaming myself for a lot of things, but it's kind of sucks that it's still there, like it's still like you know, in with like the guilt and trying to prove to myself, even though like there's nothing wrong with me, this is just how I am. I'm still kind of doing it. And then I'm just like down on myself for it. Have you ever flipped the chessboard over ugh. at someone? <sighs> I don't think a chessboard because I don't know how to play chess, but I'm not going to sit here and say no <laughs> because they're probably... Yeah has been a point you know what's funny i remember i there's one memory that just came to mind of me trying to play rock band with my family and i think i was trying to do free bird and i missed one too many and like so like i was on the guitar my sister or whatever was on the the keyboard and somebody else was on the mic and i got so mad that i wasn't doing it right I literally restart the song and everybody's like, what the hell? You know, we were just into it. And I'm like, no, I got to get it right. I got to get it right. I know I can do it. I know I can do it. So what's the worst <laughs> incarnation of this that you have experienced? Have you oh, gotten physical? So have you flipped a scrabble? No, board? No, what's never... the worst it's gotten? Oh God. I don't <sighs> like, Again, it's never been physical. I think the worst is just like I don't think the worst is like really a like a specific situation. I just really feel like the feeling of losing, and I guess it's somewhat like the closest thing I can call it is guilt, but I don't think it is guilt. Um, just like I don't know, maybe just like when I'm playing online games, I think the li- the I don't know if chat will relate to this but the latest platoon game that released oh my god all my multiplayer on that like i think i'm pretty good at that but holy hell when i lose a match or whatever it just hurts (laughs) like and i know i'm pretty good because they rank you they place you with 
other people of your skill. So I'm up there, but oh my gosh, it just like, it hurts. And I do not play League of Legends. I am not that bad. So, so listen, bad. listen, listen, but, listen. I, <laughs> I, 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 it's okay. It's okay. I, I kind of have a thing. I have a, I have a little bit of a thing. I'm going to tell you this thing and you, you tell me if it's <laughs> helpful or relatable to your situation. Um, this desire to prove yourself. I get mm-hmm. it. I, on a, I personally have always felt as though, uh, not always, but just, I don't know. I personally kind of feel like the desire to prove yourself is not a great motivator. Because at the end of the day, nobody cares about you. Right. Which is not a mean or sad. It's a good thing. It's a free. It's freedom. It's funny you say that because I found myself like most like within the past uh, year or so, like it's so easy to fall into like Twitter arguments and just with people online. And I found myself taking a step back on those because like when you're having to type it out, you have that second to like take a breath and think about it. And I found myself, you know, thinking, wait a minute, do I really care? No, you don't. And then I just delete whatever I was going to say and then move away. But I think within like games and stuff. It's, it's it's so much more like within them you don't have that introspection so just to the point of of um do i really care it's like ugh, a cup a couple of things and i'll just this will kind of be my last like point on this is like when sure. you're trying to prove yourself when you're and the competitive nature comes from trying to prove yourself to other people a the uh, people you're trying to prove yourself to, they don't care. They don't care about you. And even if they do care and they're impressed for a little bit, it there's no lasting positive effect from them being impressed by you. And it only lasts so much. They're going to go and live their own life and not be thinking about you. And then you're left with actions that you don't even like you don't even like these things about yourself that you're doing to prove yourself to other people who don't even care right so if you mm-hmm. took a second if you took a second in the way that you take a second when you're in a twitter argument and you you know uh uh pause the typing for a second and you're like huh i'm trying to prove myself to people that i don't even care about that don't yeah. even care that much about me and how good I am at any of this stuff and in doing that I'm doing shit that I don't even like about myself maybe if you took that second if you found that second you could calm down and not right knock over the Jenga tower <laughs> listen I don't do that <laughs> but so let me ask you this then I am um, one of my friends that I've made uh, within the past couple years when I moved out my parents um, she wants to do, uh, like get into like a volleyball league or a softball league or something. Is there any advice that you have that if I feel that like, you know, guilt that I have to work on coming up in that moment, if I lose or do something wrong, do you have any advice for what I could do? Because she's aware of my competitiveness and I don't want to be like a detriment to her. Uh huh. Well, I mean, uh, I look, I mean, you not wanting to be a detriment to her. I mean, that's just another fuel to add into that. Um, 
that's just more fuel into your realization when you take a moment. Okay. You know, that's what I would say if I had to advise. Um, is just to take a moment, right? Just remember that nobody cares. You don't care. Nobody cares. <laughs> just remember that nobody cares. It's a good thing that nobody cares. It's it's not a bad no, I, I, thing. It's a good thing that nobody cares. Monster, and you don't and you don't care about them. What you care about, mm-hmm. your priority is to act like a regular human being. <laughs> I'll try and be normal. <laughs> and 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 when you take a second and you and it's going to take a lot of you reminding yourself this. Yeah, it's like a muscle. I'll have to work. It's on like it. a muscle, exactly. It's like a muscle, and you'll grow that muscle. And then once you continue to orient yourself away from your defaults, your defaults are rooted in this anger and desire to prove yourself. Which you, and that's your emotional response. But your logical response is going to be, "How can I serve mm-hmm. me, being a normal, compliant human being in this interaction that I'm having with other people?" Um, you know, you'll, you'll get there. You'll get there. And then add in, I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to fuck this up for my friend. You add that in as fuel to that. You know what I'm saying? That'll definitely help. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh, listen, you might have to throw a few controllers and break a few skateboards over your knee before you get there, but you'll get there. Listen, I've never broken a controller. I'm proud to say that. Um, although, I mean, having those wristbands on the Wii definitely did help when they came out. But That's what I'm, I, <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, that makes total sense. And it's funny that you, you know, we talked about it being a muscle and everything because, oh man, I am just kind of falling back into like that old detrimental habit that I had before I went to therapy before. Like, because I used to be, like, so apologetic and, you know, just, like, accepting the blame because I have this disorder. And my therapist really had to help me and, like, train me off of that mindset. So it's it's kind of weird that I'm back in, like, a somewhat similar cycle for something else. But it's still kind of related. No, it fucking sucks. It's crazy because, like, I've had times where, like, believe it or not, surprisingly, I've had times in my life where I'm in shape and I'm going to the gym and whatnot. And then you stop, and then you just get fat. And it's like there's a mental thing to that, too. You have times where you're, like, very cognizant. It's exactly the same. You are cognizant of your life and the way that you're thinking about things because you have this epiphany because you did ayahuasca or whatever it is. And you're kind (laughs) of holding that for a little bit. And then you slack off, and then all of a sudden you're, you know, um, cursing at 13 year Listen, I could keep you on the phone for, like, I could keep you on the phone for like another two hours straight about motivation alone because I have zero. <laughs> but that's well, a whole Rachel, topic. Is there anything else you want to say to the people at the computer before we go? Um, no, just uh, I guess just to take away from this, breathe, uh, be nice to each other. Um, I don't know. Uh, my cat says hi. I guess. Um. No, I just, my only other question uh, would be, because I don't know if you've answered this before, um, but since I'm like kind of a new viewer, I am curious as to how you get your green suit to show up if you use a green screen. 
Or is it just what like green? secret gek magic? What green screen? Oh, okay. Maybe it's Talk my to you soon, Rachel. Then. All right, bye. <laughs> yeah, that's a tough one. I hate giving advice, which is why I have an advice podcast. I hate giving advice because I, I hate the idea that I'll tell somebody to do. I just I hope everyone understands when I say to do something, it's I'm talking to me a hundred percent of the time because I fuck up a lot, and I, um, these are just things I'm trying to do. I fuck up and I'm not nice all the time and uh I'm tr- I'm trying I'm 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 with everyone else who calls me uh trying to uh work on myself as a human being and I guess I hate the idea that if you position yourself to a point where you're like giving advice it somehow implies that you're above all of the things that you're giving advice on and that implication makes me vastly uncomfortable. Um, so, you know, just th- throwing it out there that I'm uh, navigating this space with all of these people, um, you know, d- 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 working on this shit myself. Okay. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.